Kelly, Greg Moore, Arizona Republic. Welcome right. back, man. Good to see you, bro. So what made the Suns attractive to you? My favorite color is purple. Hello and welcome everyone to the second episode of the It's Not Always Sunny podcast, where we talk basketball and the Phoenix Suns. I'm, of course, your host, Rodolfo Liveriza, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Scheller. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing well. It was a busy day, but I'm excited to talk about the Suns. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we start off today on more of a sad note, officially on the official departure of Dragon Bender, of course, signing a two-year deal with, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Cue the sad violin. Obviously, high expectations as a number four pick. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to be said. I mean, he, after uh, like the past three seasons, averaging like five points a game, not doing much, um, not living up to that European God, Jesus uh, standard of like Dirk Nowitzki. And yeah. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, you know, it's it's something that as a as a fan uh, fan base, we're not necessarily sad to see him go. It's sad that someone with that potential, that fourth pick uh, value, if you will, uh, isn't going to going to use. But honestly, it was a little bit weird seeing because he had signed or at least there were reports that he had signed a contract in Russia and then he signs with an NBA team uh, in the Bucks. But overall, I mean, I guess I just I wish him the best. Um, I hope he does well, genuinely. But um, I guess he's just he just is not a Phoenix Sun anymore, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah. just time to move on. Right. Shout out to the goat, though. Love you, yeah. man. <laughs> okay, but on a more serious note, um, the sign we did sign Chuck Diallo to a two-year, one-point-six million dollar per year deal. Um, he for the past three seasons has been doing well um, playing with New Orleans. Um, the previous season, he it was his best season, averaging sixteen points, five rebounds on fourteen minutes. Um, Matt, what do you think he brings to the team? Um, well, he's a guy that, you know, kind of rounds out the, um, group of bigs that we now have going, uh, especially in the power forward position, which is probably what he'll be playing. He could potentially play kind of the center position, depending on how they're going to play him. But at least at power forward, he adds a lot of, here he adds athleticism to that position. Um, when we have the lineup of just Sarge and Kaminsky, that was one of the biggest weaknesses of that lineup is that although they are both pretty good players um, in their own right, at the same time, uh, they didn't have that athleticism, that rim protection that someone like Czech can bring. Um, and so overall, I, I like the signing. He's one of those guys that he'll have a specific role coming off the bench. You know, he's not going to be a make, or, make it or break it player for the Suns. Um, but like I said, he brings athleticism. He brings energy. Um, he's a guy that's uh, that'll be good for the Suns. And it's really interesting to see that we're having to almost add uh, athleticism on the back end of this offseason. It's almost like a second afterthought. Uh, and that, yeah. of course, differs from the McDonough era where it was almost like athleticism, guys with high ceilings and potential were the guys that were highly coveted, the guys that we you know spent all our roster spots on. Uh, and now James Jones is more focused on um, the experience, proven ability, um, type of guys and check is someone that's not necessarily fits that mold, but at the same time, he makes up for some of that in the concessions that we made earlier in the off season, signing guys like, uh, Sarge and Kaminsky, knowing that they're not the most athletic guy. So he's someone that can bring some athleticism, um, to that power forward position. And I'm really excited to see him play. Right. That was a good point you made. Um, very high energy player. 
Um, very good locker room player. Like I think we were talking about earlier, um, the Pelicans um, were sad to let him go, but like obviously with all the moves that they had, it's kind of just not needed on the team. So I think I mean it's a good it's a good signing by the Suns. I mean obviously there's a million other ways it could have gone, but it's not a bad signing. Um, he's definitely going to bring that energy and just like continue that valuable culture, just through his character off the bench. And yeah, it's it's not a bad signing. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's one of those guys where we don't know much about him. You know, I'm going to be honest, like, uh, I haven't seen too much of him play live. But at the same time, from the numbers, from everything that we've from that we're hearing, he'll do fine in the role that he's in. I mean, he's a young guy coming in at 23. And uh, like I said a little earlier, he's not going to be playing a massive role in, in the roster. And that's perfectly okay. I, I think overall, he just rounds up the roster. And it was a pretty good signing. Right, and a very low risk con- contract on like a two year, one point six million a year. Like exactly. that's very manageable. Like, yeah, not not a terrible signing. But kind of wrap up. That's probably one of the last moves we're gonna make this off season. Um, obviously, we had a pretty active off season with um with all the moves that went on. Uh, one of our biggest moves, obviously, being the acquisition of Ricky Rubio, uh, point right. guard. Right, um, Rubio. Rubio is a guy that that we signed. Um, over, like we kind of talked about in the last episode, we really like Rubio as a signing. Um, it was really interesting to see kind of like in more recent, um, coming out of news more recently, how, um, the media, how people see this signing, um, interestingly enough, um, in an ESPN survey, they reported that, um, out of 20 experts of the field, which is both like coaches and scouts. They ranked the Rubio deal as number as six out of the 20 voted for the Rubio deal as being the worst deal of the summer. It was tied with the Knicks offseason. And it was actually, it received more votes than the signing of Terry Rozier. Um, So, what are you thinking about that, Rodolfo? That's insane. (laughs) This was a position of need in Ricky Rubio as a point guard. The Sun, a Sun, a position the Suns desperately needed, which. And then they added one of the better point guards on a fair deal. Obviously, there is, like, that we were talking about last episode with, like, that Phoenix Suns premium of the market, smaller market not as winning. But, you know, it's just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how he, this can be that much hate going towards Ricky Rubio and the Suns for this move. Yeah, it was, it was weird for me to see that so many people didn't like the move. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the biggest move of the offseason, and it uh, and I mean, it's one of those things where we filled a need in our roster. Like you said, we filled a need. We needed a starting point guard and we got it. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't consider that by any means the worst move of the offseason. Um, to add some depth to kind of what they were thinking, why they thought that. Um, and there, a lot of this is coming from this great article from The Bright Side of the Sun. So check it out about this report. Um, they talked about how one of the Eastern Conference scouts said, quote, they paid him a lot of money, and he isn't very good, end quote. And in addition, uh, another, uh, another scout was talking about how they didn't like how they had to make the moves uh, uh, for Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton to clear cap space this $51 million over three years for the signing and how that just wasn't very good and wasn't, uh, I don't know, I guess they didn't like it. Um, which I understand we talked about last uh, last episode as it wasn't great asset management. Uh, it was tough to get rid of uh, someone that was young, a good player, D'Anthony Melton, just so we could get rid of the contract of Josh Jackson. But at the same time, 
Um, and as the article from the Bright Side of the Sun talks about, it's not always about the price that we had to pay. We did have to, we did have to do this move with Josh Jackson, but at the same time, we got someone that we really needed. In the article, and also I completely agree with it, it talks about how uh, Ricky Rubio, someone that uh, you could make an argument after looking at all of the average salaries of, or all of this, the salaries of starting point guards, Ricky Rubio is not high up there. You know, he's, he's a guy that is right. on a fair contract. He comes down to the conclusion, the author of the article comes to the conclusion that you can make an argument that he's overpaid by about a million dollars. But in some cases, you can almost make an argument that he's making less than he almost deserves. He's not the perfect player, but at the same time, he's, guy, he's a guy with playoff experience, in, most notably in the last two years on the Jazz. And, and at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I don't understand the, the hate on it. Like I said, it was, it's, it was tough with the Josh Jackson trade. It's not the best move overall. He's not a superstar in the league by any means. But at the same time, I wouldn't rank it anywhere near the worst move of the summer. I don't know. Right, and it's insane because, like, looking at like the point guard rankings of the pay, like uh, pay grade, like Ricky Rubio is 17 on this list, and of the highest paid point guards, and on on this list around him are Goran Dragic, Jeff Teague, Terry Rozier, Reggie Jackson, and Brand- Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe, like very very comparable players in in like work and like talent wise. I don't know, it's insane, and to think yeah, that I Terry mean- Rozier. Even uh, their ranking as a as a better move, ESPN uh, and these uh, coaches and executives making it a better move for Ricky Rubio, which is honestly crazy. Yeah, I mean, how I see it is Rubio is a proven guard in the league. You know, it's one of those things where one of the reasons why he was on the market was um, the Jazz were just trying to move in a different direction. They're a team who I like. I've mentioned who have been in the playoffs um, for the last couple of years. Um, they're a really good team. And they just moved in a different direction. They got someone in Mike Conley, who, to be fair, has his own risks to deal with. You know, he has a big contract. He he's one injury away um, from really damaging his career, and the fact that he's kind of on the set, you know, the uh, towards the end of his career as he's aging. But no disrespect to him, he's a fantastic player, and that's why they want him. Is he's going to take them potentially to that next level? But at the same time, it's not that that's saying that Ruby is a bad player and that he's horrible. It, when they move away from him, uh, when the Jazz move away from him, um, as they did in his last season, uh, it's more so that he's a guy that's proven and a guy that they were just moving in a dr- different direction in. He did well in Utah. He did well in Minnesota. He's a guy that's going to play well for us, without a doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm excited for it. I mean, he's obviously going to improve the quality of the roster in a sense of just playmaking, defense. Yeah, I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. I don't know. I, I, I think, and it's one of the things that he also mentioned in the article, is it almost comes down to people just being like, you know, the Suns just, whatever they're doing is just not going to be good. You know, they, they, or they feel that way. It's an anti-Suns take. Um, right. That's really what it is. I mean, it's not that we're a hated team in the league. It's just more so that everyone just associates bad moves in the last several years with the Suns. So I can understand that. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if the, the scouts uh, and the, the the coaches really know like the needs like really know what Rubio is going to bring to the table for the Suns, but um, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Anyways. Um, so. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. No. Transitioning to season expectations. Um, I think Ricky Rubio obviously is a plus for the team. So, what do you think on 
what's some of your biggest season expectations, Matt? Well, um, you know, coming into this season, um, we have the potential to do really well. It's one of the first seasons in a while that we can um, do well as a team. You know, we're not going to be uh, probably not going to be a playoff contender. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, the West is so stacked that that's probably not going to happen. But at the same time, we have the ability to compete uh, night in and night out. The hope is that we're not going to get blown out anymore. Um, right. But in order for us to have uh, a pretty successful season, um, there's certain things that need to happen, right? Um, I'd say, uh, and kind of like best case scenarios, things that would really help the team win, things that would really um, just just be fantastic for the Suns moving forward and will show promise as we move on to other seasons. Uh, the first would be that just that Rubio meshes well with the offense. You know, we talked about him. We, uh, just now we talked about what he's bringing to the team. Um, I think Rubio is someone that if he meshes well with the offense, which I think he will, it'll be really important for the team moving forward. The reason for that is um, because he's coming from a system uh, from Utah that has kind of similar pieces. Uh, you know, he had someone in Don, uh, Donovan Mitchell that he had kind of running uh, with him in that guard combo. Uh, as a shooting guard, and he had Rudy Gobert, who's, uh, to be fair, DeAndre Ayn isn't Rudy Gobert at the moment. You know, he could develop into someone like Rudy Gobert in the future, um, but he kind of had similar pieces. So I, or I really think he will hopefully uh, mesh well with the offense, um, and if so, uh, that'll be fantastic for the team. He's someone that's a, will be the primary ball handler for Booker. He's someone that can feed the ball to Booker on the perimeter, feed him the ball, so he can take the shots that he wants to take. In addition, he can be someone who can get eight in the ball, which is something that as Suns fans, we've always been talking about last season, which is we need a point guard to get eight in the ball. And that's something, something that he can do. Um, in addition to uh, running the pick and roll with Aiden or Baines or whoever's on the floor, um, if those things happen, if Rubio meshes well with the offense, it'll be really good for the Suns moving forward. Um, another thing that would almost be a best-case scenario would be that Aiton continues to improve as a player. And, of course, you can say that about any player. That It's really important for a team you know, that players continue to improve, especially when you have a young team like the Suns, even with the moves that we've made. The Suns are still a very young team. Um, right. But I think that one of the most important players that needs to continue to improve is Aiton. Now, Aiton's a guy that, uh, you know, he was the number one overall pick. He is, in a way, a proven player. Um, he played really well uh, this season. He didn't win Rookie of the Year because he was overshadowed by a fantastic performance, with all respect to him, to, uh, with Luka Doncic. And, and Trey Young. Uh, and Trey Young at the end of the season. Right. Um, so that's one of the reasons he didn't win Rookie of the Year. But at the same time, he had a fantastic rookie campaign. Um, uh, he had a 16-10 and 10 average. Uh, you know, he got double-doubles pretty regularly. He showed a lot of promise, and it was his rookie year at the end of the day. Um, he's going to get, like I said uh, earlier, he's going to get a guy in Ricky Rubio that can get him the ball more. Uh, depending on how Monty Williams on to play the offense, he could be someone that uh, we run the offense through a little bit more uh, than we did in the last season uh, with Kokoshkov. And I think that if Aiden improves as a player, it will be really important. And I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, any player developing is really important for the team. Um, something that comes to mind is Booker. And Booker is a guy that, of course, is an elite scorer. We know that. He's a proven player in the league. He's a young player still, but he's played several seasons. And he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a genuine uh, coming a, upon a star in the league. 
And one of the things that I was thinking about coming forward in the future of the uh, future of the Suns in this next season, that'd be another great scenario, is that n- not only that Booker improves, but that Booker is able to change his role a little bit. In this last season, we saw him being as more the primary ball handler. Um, we saw him with a high usage rate. In fact, he averaged, of course, 26.6, 6.8, and 4.1 on the season. Um, and But the usage rate that he played with was 32%. And that's uh, ranked third in the NBA from last season with just James Harden and Joel Embiid in front of him, which is pretty right. crazy. Yeah, which is a high insane. U- right. It's a hu- super high usage rate. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, he, was, he had to carry the team a lot of the nights. And it's one of the reasons why his points per game were so high, not to mention, of course, he's a fantastic scorer, but it led into that uh, with his high usage rate. But with the addition to Rubio, um, with the changes in the offense, uh, the hope is that uh, Booker will be able to take better shots and he won't have to be the primary ball handler. Like I said, uh, his usage rate will probably go down, right? And his uh, points per game may even take a dip, um, but the hope is that he'll become more efficient uh, as a scorer, even more efficient, and not that he's super inefficient, but more efficient as a scorer, especially behind the three-point line, which he only shot thirty-two percent right. uh, uh, last season, which is which is fine, but he certainly can do better. And if he's taking the shots that he wants to take, I think that he um, will be a more efficient player, and that will be a really good thing for the Suns moving forward. That's kind of like a best-case scenario. Um, and then, kind of like to wrap around, uh, wrap up these. Best case scenarios are things that would really help the Suns. Um, in my opinion, it would just be uh, team chemistry. And uh, the reason why I say that is because the Suns, of course, uh, kind of redid the roster in the past season, season and a half, or coming into this offseason and half of last season, as James Jones was uh, named the interim and then the full-time uh, general manager. And the reason for that is just because we don't have a lot of the same guys coming back from the roster last year. You know, we have, kind of have our young core in DeAndre, Booker, and Bridges. And the only other guy, to my knowledge, that's coming back from the start of last season on the roster is Eliakobo. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're, there's not a lot of contingency from that team. Not that that's a horrible uh, thing coming from a 19-win team. But at the same time, um, team chemistry will be even more important. Of course, team chemistry is an element of the game that's extremely important for every team. I'm not saying it's just important for the Suns. But at the same time, um, if the Suns can mesh as a team, if Rubio, if Kelly, if uh, Booker, if Aiton, if Sarge, if everyone starts to mold together as a team uh, in this offseason and training camp and then kind of figuring out in the beginning part of the year, that'll be just fantastic for the Suns moving forward, if, especially if we could get some wins out of the gate when teams kind of haven't figured us out since we have such a different roster uh, combination of guys. That'll be fantastic and will really um, lead into uh, success in the season. Um, so yeah, those are kind of like my best case scenarios. Those are things that I think are really important for the Suns moving forward if we want the best case uh, win-loss uh, moving forward. What do you think, Dolfo? No, yeah, I completely agree with those picks. I mean, like like we said a little bit before with uh, Ricky Rubio, um, last season with the Utah Jazz, obviously he had dominant big men in Rudy Gobert and a strong shooting guard in Donovan Mitchell. So it's going to be a lot of the similar... We can expect to see a lot of similar 
um, production out of the that kind of like chemistry of how he knows how to run an offense. He's kind of more used to it, knowing um, and as an efficient scorer, Devin Booker is, and then DeAndre in like kind of just in the in the paint, kind of just like bowling people down low. So, yeah, I mean, and then from a chemistry standpoint, um, like we said, like the val- the whole Valley Boy culture, I think will help improve the chemistry as like funny and odd that might sound. Um, Kelly Oubre definitely does bring that like, kind of like culture and just like winning attitude to the team. Um, we talked about this last last episode where Kelly Oubre is like one of the driving factors of of this winning culture. And um, I think James Jones and Monty Williams were just kind of excited to have him back on board um, with the team. So, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, Kelly's a big reason uh, why we did well in last season uh, and moving forward, he'll be important. And I guess that kind of leads into uh, my worst case scenarios um, of the season, which are just kind of like, I don't know, in a way, uh, things that could definitely go wrong. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong with this Suns team. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, we added experience. We had guys who are proven players in this James Jones, uh, just beginning of this James Jones tenure. Uh, we added guys that are more experienced, have playoff experience, um, in a way have lower ceilings in the sense that we know what we're getting in a lot of the players. And we can see that even in the draft picks um, uh, uh, in Cam Johnson and uh, Ty Jerome, uh, in, in guys that we know what we're getting from, and that's hope. But the question is, of course, will that translate to wins? Will getting guys that have experience in the league are genuinely or generally um, seen as NBA caliber guys? The question will become, are they going to um, turn those into wins? And one of the worst case scenarios in my mind that can really uh, uh, really uh, restrict us from getting those those wins um, is that the rookies that I mentioned earlier um, aren't really much help off the bench or uh, we don't really see them playing a, a role in the season. And I think overall they're not guys that we're go- that are going to be starting or anything. In fact, we don't really know what type of minutes they're going to be getting. We don't know if they're going to be full-on rotation players or guys just coming off the bench occasionally. Um, but from what I've seen and what it seems like uh, James Jones and Monty Williams wants to do, they're going to be – at least guys that are going to get some minutes. And the reason why I think that, and a lot of people think that, is because um, they're older guys, uh, especially Cam Johnson. They're experienced guys. Cam Johnson, someone who played many seasons in college. Uh, we know what we're getting in him for the most part. The question is, of course, will he translate his skills onto an NBA level, as I guess the question is for all rookies. Uh, but um, we really do need at least some help from those rookies. And we are placing faith in these. Uh, they didn't even play in the summer league. You know, they're, they're guys that we wanted uh, them to train with a team, start lifting weights and, and, and sharpening their skills with the Suns training staff um, instead of playing with us in the summer league. And that's kind of a big deal. That shows faith um, in those rookies. And if they're not necessarily going to uh, be a lot of help, I think that's a bad, a bad sign. On the flip side of the coin, to be fair, if they're getting a lot of minutes, um, and our super regular rotation players, that may not be the best thing. Um, I, I mean, who knows, but that may not be the best thing in that um, some of the other guys up, up the ladder of the rotation um, aren't playing as well. But at the same time, I think that if they play well, they'll be good additions off the bench for the team. Um, and then kind of secondly, um, I think really uh, something that would be um, pretty unsavory, pretty bad for the 
Sons is if uh, Kelly doesn't continue like his upward trend that we experienced in the last, I guess, half season that we had him. Uh, one of the reasons why Kelly wanted to return that he's, you know, he's talked about in the past um, is that he really liked this group and he showed that on the court. He improved in a lot of areas on the court um, in his points per game in his minutes and his, you know, assists and rebounds. He just played really well overall, kind of almost went in a way blossomed in his, uh, in his time uh, at the Suns. And the question is, is he going to continue that upward trend? All signs lead to yes, in the sense that he has a positive culture here. He is a part of this young core, you know, Valley Boys, everything that's leading up to um, this season. Uh, we sh- we've shown faith in him. We paid him in the offseason. He's a guy that, for all intents and purposes, we can uh, almost expect to continue at least pretty good out- output. But the question is, Will he continue that upward trend? Will he have that same level of production? Um, and that'll be really important going forward um, because without that, uh, it, you know, you could foresee a future where he, he does take a dip or he doesn't um, produce the same like he did in the last half season. And that would be really hard for the, the Suns, especially because he's someone that uh, is looking, we're looking to be potentially the starting small forward for a lot of the games, if not our starting forward, uh, small forward. Um, so who knows? I, I think that those two, the rookies and the, and Kelly producing are, are really important things that need to happen. And, and those are kind of like worst case scenarios. Um, I mean, there are a lot of worst case scenarios, but I think those two things, um, in my mind happening would be, would be pretty bad for the Suns. Right. I'm like translating translation from the college to the league is always a big, what if for rookies, um, that's to be expected, obviously, with guys with more experience in Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome, there's a little bit more hope in the transition. It's easier, obviously, having more minutes on their resume, but and, and more experience. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Kelly Oubre obviously is one of the big, one of the big uh, pieces in this rebuild. So hopefully, he can continue to grow, and he seems like he's willing to do work his ass off and just completely just be that guy and be like a vocal leader for this team, which is very exciting. Um, something we haven't really seen in a while. Um, definitely will. And he seems like a guy that will push others to be their best too. So definitely, definitely a plus with Kelly Oubre. Obviously development is always a question. We never know how that may be injuries off scary, scariest thing in the NBA, but, but yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, it kind of like leads into like I was talking about earlier with it, with this new style of James Jones um, and taking guys with more potential and proven winners. We really do kind of see that in a lot of the guys, right? Even with the rookies, we're talking about Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome, of course, being a national champion. Uh, Cam yep. Johnson, of course, seeing success at UNC. And, and even Jared Harper, a, a guy in our system now, uh, potentially, who played on our summer league team, um, seeing success at Auburn. Uh, even with these uh, with these rookies coming in, uh, we, we, we see winners. We see guys like Saric, um, who had some playoff experience and, and some winning experience with both the 76ers and the Timberwolves. Um, we see that with a lot of the, uh, a lot of the players we picked up. Um, and, and that's going to be really important. And like I said earlier uh, in the, in this, in this portion is just like, will that translate to wins? Will adding more quote unquote winners, guys that have done well in the past uh, and have even seen some playoff experience, will that translate to wins in the regular season? Um, and that's of course a big question. Uh, who, who knows? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Only, only, only time will tell. <laughs> only time will tell. 
Right. So I think that's a good transition into uh, Kelly Oubre's press conference that he had the other day. Um, a lot of takeaways, James Jones and Monty Williams also being there. It seem, I mean, they seem really pumped to add a, to be back to the team, as, as well as Kelly Oubre. I was just super pumped to be back with the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, it's always exciting showing a bright future. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the press conference was super cool to see. Um, I really enjoyed it because um, it was one of the first times. I mean, we've, we've heard a little bit, but it's one of the first times that we really saw James Jones and Monty Williams talking about um, their expectations moving forward. It was primarily about Kelly, of course, but um, we did get some snippets about what they're looking for moving forward. Um, and I, and I really, I, I like to hear that because, uh, with the off season, you know, there are a lot of question marks with the Suns off season. Like, what are they thinking? What, what are they moving forward to? Also, what is Monty Williams going to be moving to as, as a system for offense and defense as a coach? How is he going to play? Um, but so it was really, uh, it was really nice to hear from them. Um, of course, Kelly was, was very happy. Um, it seems like to be a Suns. Uh, we knew that going into this, this off season, um, process. It, it was, was interesting though that yeah. right that it was his focus. It was interesting though that um, he was asked and and to be fair, it was an expected answer. But he was asked if he uh, uh, received any other contract uh, offers, um, if he took a pay cut to come back to the Suns, if the Suns were the only offer, if they were the best offer. Um, and he said, you know, I'm 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 just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be a Sun, um, pretty much. And uh, that was interesting to hear um, from the press conference. But overall. The press conference um, went really, or it seemed to go really well. Kelly uh, is excited to be a son, or it seems like it. And he's excited to continue to develop as um, a, a big role in this team. Uh, I, I guess some takeaways from me in the press conference was um, I was really um, interested to hear from James Jones. He was talking a lot about, uh, at least in a portion, about how he's really excited to see us as playing as a team. Um, I mean, that it was kind of basic in, in that sense where he's like, I want us to play as a team. But um, I, I, I do think that will be, hopefully, if he can instill that in the players, um, a positive thing um, for the team in that, uh, especially for the young guys, um, you know, he, and, and especially for, like I said, um, with guys that he's bringing in um, from other places, um, that he wants them to mesh together, uh, play as a team, hopefully develop some of that team chemistry. Uh, that was mentioned earlier. Um, and at least um, uh, one of the interesting things for me was the comment from Monty Williams. He was talking about um, trusting his guys um, and specifically he talked about um, trusting Rubio um, to make the right moves. I think he was asked directly uh, about, from one of the reporters, Kelly and Monty were asked about the addition of Rubio um, and how that's going impact, to uh, impact the team. And, uh, of course, Kelly's really excited um, to have him. He's talking about how he respects him as a player, how he's played against him, and he's excited to have him as a point guard. But, like I said, I really thought it was interesting that Monty was talking about how he, he will really uh, look to Rubio as an experienced guy, which, of course, he is. Um, he's played many uh, seasons in the NBA and even professionally um, in Spain. But uh, one of the most interesting comments that he made in that same line was he talked about how um, – if there's a stoppage late in the game, if there's a timeout or something, there's not always going to be, or if there's a, you know, if it's a late game scenario, who knows that he's going to trust Rubio and his instincts that he's not always going to be calling plays, that he's going to understand that Rubio has that experience and can be that guy. And that's really important, of course, as a team, that you have that type of leader, that you have that type of experienced player. 
Um, and so I think that those were my takeaways from the press conference. Um, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was cool to see um, James Jones and Monty Williams in the same place taking, taking questions um, from reporters. Uh, it, was, it was just nice to be informed as a, as a Suns fan. Right. Look, it was very clear that James Jones was on a mission this offseason to improve shooting and upgrading positions of need in the point guard and power forward. And he did that with Ricky Rubio, Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky and Chuck Diallo. Um, he, he acknowledges that Kelly does bring that culture, that winning culture and that competitiveness and that just hold that whole mentality, the team that just hasn't been that way in years. And that's very exciting for everyone in the organization, everyone on the team. Um, Obviously, the whole value boys trend, like it's all uh, Kelly Oubre just keeping responding. It's like it's all love, it's all love. So that's awesome to see um, Rubio being the true point guard that the Suns needed. And um, like you said, Oubre super excited to play with him. Money is super excited to have him on the team. Um, I know I know Oubre was kind of like going on about his development. He's he just wants to improve on the fundamentals and growth. Um, he wants to be more consistent behind the uh, <clears throat> excuse me behind the arc. And just kind of just grow as a family, as a Phoenix son. So yeah, I, those are my biggest takeaways. He seems very happy. Everyone seems really happy. Um, seems like tem- team chemistry is really going to rise with Kelly Oubre. And I think that was their main focus on bringing him back. Just how much he did for the team in half a season. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 kind of like you brought up uh, more so that question about um, how he wants to improve as a player. Um, and I think in the question, the reporter directly asked like. You know, you're largely seen as a three and D guy. Um, how how do you want to um, continue to improve as a player? And I, I thought it was interesting that I didn't comment on the label of three and D because he is largely seen as a three and D guy, and I think that right. that's what he does really well for the most part. Um, but he was talking about just being a more well-rounded player, and he even talked about he mentioned um, making reads, and I think that would be really important um, for Kelly too because he is right that you know sometimes we did see sometimes where he wouldn't make the right read right read where he did uh, attack when he he could have kicked it out or or whatever the the case may be but i think in my mind as long as as he as a player improves on defense and three-point shooting um and just making reads he doesn't even have to be an elite passer he doesn't even have to be anywhere near that but at the same time if he can make the right reads if he can pass when he needs to um if he can attack when he needs to if he can shoot when he needs to um, that'll be really important for Kelly moving forward. And, and I think that, that'll really help him um, uh, move away from that, what I was talking about, which is kind of a worst-case scenario, which is if Kelly doesn't produce. I think that if he does just continue to improve in those areas, he'll be, he'll be more than ready to uh, compete uh, in this next upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I guess kind of transitioning, to uh, obviously, Kelly Oubre brings the whole Valley Boys trend into it. Um, there's this thing going on on I think I believe it's Instagram where Kelly Oubre kind of just like kind of just like called out uh, Valley Boy Shop on Instagram saying like they they just basically took his idea don't buy from these corn balls and <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was really funny to see he was on his Instagram story of course he was talking about how like he hasn't said anything for a while um, but that this shop is just kind of like running with his with his I you know idea of, of Valley Boys uh, I mean. <sighs> It's tough, you know. Kelly does apparently officially have a trademark on the name Valley Boys, uh, and so that's interesting in itself. Um, but you know, who knows if he, if if this Valley Boy shop, which um, you know, for those who don't know, it's it's just like 
uh, in a way, kind of like a branch off of this idea of Valley Boy. Some, I don't know, some people decided to run with this idea. And before Kelly could get merch out for a while now, they've been making uh, merchandise with the Valley Boys, branding on it with different designs and whatnot. Um, and he just kind of spoke out saying, like, yeah. uh, you know, that they kind of like uh, ripped this idea off uh, from Kelly, which, uh, you know, everyone knows that Kelly kind of like helped really brand that idea of, of Valley Boys and. And he, of course, has been vocal that he wants to release uh, merchandise of his own. Um, but it was just interesting to see him call out. It was, just, it was uh, I don't know. Uh, overall, it's, it's who knows what will happen. Trademark law, I'm sure, is very complicated. I can't say I'm familiar. But, so I don't know if uh, in any way that, that he can make Valley Boy Shop stop their production. That probably won't happen. But at the same time, he can use his influence, I think, to just be like, you know, if you're a real fan, uh, you don't necessarily have to buy from them. But um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I want to know what you thought. I, I, from what I saw, they were making some like kind of like weird comments on Instagram. People were commenting about it, and they were responding to some of the some of the comments. And I think one of their responses to a comment that was kind of like questioning them was something along the lines of like, you know, Kelly isn't really from Arizona. Like in a way, it belongs to us, not Kelly. And I was kind of I don't know. I, I thought that was a weird comment. Like to be like Kelly. You know, Kelly isn't from Arizona, but at the same time, like. He's doing a lot, of, at least in the last, right. like, you know, months or so to, to really uh, represent Arizona, to represent the Suns brand as a whole. And I think that's enough in itself to, to, to be embraced by the community. Like, we don't need to be like, he doesn't represent Arizona or whatnot. It's just very odd. Like, it was just a very odd situation. And, like, they were obviously just trying to, like, be in, like, self, like self-defense. But, like, I think Kelly is in the right. I mean, they kind of did just rip off his idea and, like, Looking at their like stuff that they're producing is just kind of just kind of cringy and corny. Like um like literally just stealing like images off the internet and just putting like I think one of their logo was literally stealing an image off the internet and putting little like Instagram thing on top, like Instagram like from a story like a little thing you can type like a words on top of that thing that they stole and just putting Valley Boys on top. Like yeah. it's just I don't know. At that point, I mean, obviously you're stealing it and trying to make it for a profit. So right. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it doesn't affect me too much, at least personally. I, I know, at least me, and I'm, and I'm sure you weren't uh, planning on buying from this particular shop either way. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would just say everyone just wait for the Kelly the Kelly merch. I'm sure it'll be really good. Um, he's already teased us with some of the designs um, on his Instagram. Uh, and so I'm really excited for that, as are a lot of Suns fans. So I guess it's something to look forward to. Um, and all this uh, kind of like weird negativity about the whole Suns or Valley Boys merch things. So. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. Matt, do you have anything else to say? I think that's all. Just hoping, uh, just excited for the season to come about um, and excited to see how this, this group will come together to play as a team. For sure, for sure. Well, that wraps it up for us today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of this not always sunny podcast we really appreciate you guys thank you for the tremendous support in the first episode it's insane thank you guys goodbye you just got finished listening to the it's not always sunny podcast thank you so much for listening and be sure to share the podcast with your friends if you want to contact us, please follow us on Twitter at rlove0509 and at Matt underscore Scheller. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or topics you would like us to cover in the future. Once again, thank you so much for listening and have a good one.